Hey, welcome to the Pursuit Collective Podcast. My name is Joe O'Neill, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Mark Cook. Hello, everybody. And today we have a special guest with us. Mark, introduce our special guest. In Dude. studio again. Yes. This is uh, Chris Smith. How are you, man? All the way from Phoenix? Yep. All the way from Arizona. Dude, so today we're going to be... I mean, we're going to talk about Chris's story, but specifically, uh, Jesus tells a story, a parable in Matthew 25 about people who receive talents and um, what they do with the talents matters. And you see that in the story. And this is someone, Chris is someone, and he wouldn't probably brag about this, but a super, super talented videographer that we got to know really well because he was the director of the To The End series, the film series we did with Red Nature and um, helped film and edit and oversee that whole project so dude we're excited to have you here i know dude it's it was an, an awesome project to be a part of so i'm really if, glad that it worked out and we got connected yeah and if you haven't watched those videos they're on youtube dude they are phenomenal like the mm-hmm. storytelling is great the stories are amazing first of all mm-hmm. the storytelling is great the cinematography the soundtrack like the whole way it's put together it's they're super um Engrossing, like mm-hmm. the story is just—it's compelling. So, yeah, you to should the watch ends, those. To the ends, to the film, ends film. If you look that up, or you just go on, on the website to the ends film dot com. Yeah. Um, all the videos are in there, and, and actually, so the original plan just to kind of give some history, and then we're going to jump in. Sorry, Chris, for not letting yeah, you talk. But, um, the original vision, <laughs> great was, interview so far. <laughs> yeah, clock, clock is ticking. Is uh, we we were leading trips all around the world, and we were doing action sports ministry. And we were like, man, how cool to be to film a bunch of trips in one year, and we were like, we just have to do it. And let's call the series to the ends, which is kind of the slogan for Max one eight, which we use in with red nature. And, and so we did, we filmed actually 11 trips in 12 months and put together this film series. And then the following year we, we released a new video every month and every month, Chris just had the weight on his shoulders of releasing and editing a new video, but, um, no pressure. Yeah. So, but what I help. Ha- yeah. <laughs> but what happened was, is we were like, man, stories are so powerful. They move people. They inspire people. The fruit that we saw from that project mm-hmm. was so evident so quickly. And we just said, dude, let's not end the project. Like, mm-hmm. let's just keep it going. <laughs> and we thought that and we we're like, man, we have to have Chris continue to be a part of it. And he was just like, dude, I'm in. I love it. So already on the schedule for 2022 is at least one trip that uh, we're going to Brazil mm-hmm. in, in January. Yeah. So I'm stoked for that one. So uh, hopefully that'll come together and we'll, we will film episode 12 of this series. So, um, but back to your story, Chris. So living in Phoenix, where did you grow up? I grew up in Kentucky, Florence, Kentucky, just okay. south of Cincinnati. Okay. So I'm a Southern boy at heart. And a lot of filmers? Just without the accent. Is there a lot of <laughs> filmers in Kentucky? Yeah, there's a lot of filmers, um, but um, not not too many skate filmers. You know, sure. There's kind of a, a select few people, a handful of people. And if you, if you grew up skateboarding anywhere, you kind of get to know who those people are pretty mm-hmm. early on and... For sure. I had some guys that I looked up to and I remember being in high school and checking in on a certain, you know, skate video site that some guy uh, in our high school, mm-hmm. he would put together, you know, edits of the local skate park That's and stuff cool. like that. And I would check in every day to make yeah. sure, you know, see if there's new content or anything like that. And yeah, I remember just being inspired pretty early on to, to film skateboarding um, pretty much as soon as I started skateboarding. When was that? When did you start skating? I started skating like middle school, like sixth, seventh okay. grade ish. And you were right out of the gate. You were like, I'm filming. I'm a filmer. I mean, I would, I would skate a bunch and we, you know, like we started taking photos on like those disposable cameras and I was yeah. like, man, it's so cool to like see yourself in the air, like yeah. doing tricks. I was like, dude, this is awesome. Like, and then, uh, I remember, you know, I see, I'd see people filming. I was like, man, I want to do that too. And then, uh, I remember that my dad had like a, a video camera, like an old, like, you know, high eight mm-hmm. video camera in the mm-hmm. closet that we hadn't used in years, you know, just like had Christmas videos and stuff like that on it. And I just asked him, I was like, can I, can I use this? And he's like, sure. And I figured out how to 
how to work it, like how to charge it and got new tapes at the store. This is when you could get high eight tapes at like Kroger, you know, yeah. like grocery stores, <laughs> like in the sh- small little media Full section on. that they yep. had. Yep. So I'd go there and they were like six, seven bucks and started filming stuff. And you it, still have that camera? I still have it. It's do called, you really? We, we call it the Dino Cam. It's Bro, you should. Old, it's bulky. It's you sick. should definitely do it's, another skate video, but with that camera. It's so I've cool to do it. that. Yeah. These days, people doing like you know retro cameras. And and it's funny because the actual camera that that I have, I forget exactly what the model is, but it's a Sony camera. But like people, like specifically, are like that camera's in demand That's because funny. of the vintage look that yeah. it has. And uh, yeah, so I'm gonna hang on to it for a while. So yeah, dude, for sure. Well, that whole area. I lived in Ohio for a little bit, but like Cincinnati had a great skate scene. Imagining across the river, there's not too not too dissimilar. So mm-hmm. that's a great spot to grow up and uh, do skateboarding. Yeah. So how, when did you is skateboarding what got you into filming? And you know, and then when did it sort of become like, oh man, I actually just love the act of like shooting and telling stories and capturing visuals and all that. Yeah, like I definitely got into filming from skateboarding. Um, I remember like editing. You know, like we'd go skate stuff and film and then I would edit the the VHS tape so that like I'd get a blank tape, plug in the camera, play it back, re- hit record on the TV and make these real like choppy hmm. like edits, you know, and they're like terrible. But I remember just having a lot of fun, like creating something in sequence that you can watch and play back. Yeah. And then I as I grew up, I, I continued to do that. But when I was like in high school and college, I would do like little skit videos, just like real dumb stuff. They were funny. I, I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I think they're funny. Yeah. Um, just like pranks and like just funny stuff that, you know, just growing up doing dumb stuff. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I really did start to develop like a passion for storytelling. Like I kind of like when I was in school, when I was in college, like I kind of was like kind of all over the place. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do because I'd always I've always been a creative person and I've always been like pretty techie, you know, like and I, I grew up like with computers and, and all that stuff. Um but uh, I remember kind of like not really being sure like what I wanted to do. I was like an engineering major for a semester, computer science major for a semester, undecided for a semester, like was kind of hmm. all over the place. And yeah. I was like kind of like struggling with that. And I was like kind of in a, at a low place. I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I saw my friends doing all these things. Like they kind of knew what they were doing. And I was just like, I don't know. I was kind of down. And I remember just kind of praying and I spent like a, a week or two. Like I, was, I would like go to class and I wouldn't even be like be present in the class. I would just be like trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I literally wrote down like, my interests and my passions and what I'm mm. good at and what I like to do. And I just came to the conclusions like, I just need to do what I like to do. Mm-hmm. And that was to film stuff and just create. So I started doing that a lot more. And I, I met some, some people in college um, that were skaters, some people that really actually heavily influenced me. They're still some of my best friends to, to this day, like Josh Roberts, who works mm-hmm. here. Like I met him around that time. Um, and I changed my major to, you know, media arts is what it was mm-hmm. called. It's yep. just film. Um, and I just, I really enjoyed it and I, and I loved it. I, I felt like, you know, it's one of those times in your life where you feel like you're, you're, you're right where you're supposed to be, where God has kind of called you to be and place these influences in your life that kind of, you know, you just feel like you're, you're where you're supposed to be. Um, and yeah, we just filmed a ton of skating. Like I just started meeting a lot of people through skateboarding and I've, I've always been a good storyteller too. You know, like even I'm a good writer. I'm like, I'm like not the best speaker, you know, like public speaker, but I'm a, I'm a really good writer. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like that kind of helped me with like structure of, you know, like storytelling. Yep. Um, and I would do like little projects here and there that were kind of, you know, like emotional testimonial type stuff. And yeah, I don't know. So to the ends is kind of a, 
a conglomerate of those types of things, just skateboarding, storytelling, testimonials, and totally, yeah. So that's it was kind of crazy because when we um, when we started that project, uh, we had started with a different group that we didn't know you at the time, and then they weren't able to finish the first. They had filmed the first couple of trips, but then they weren't able to keep going and. So we went back to the drawing board, and even at the beginning, we were putting out, like, hey, this is the vision, we're looking for filmers, we're looking for creatives to be a part of it. We were getting a ton of people that were interested, and um, Josh, who was a part of the team now at the time, he was following Right Nature, and he tagged Chris, Chris that was on, you weren't familiar about Right Nature, mm-hmm. and um, we were going through like probably like 15 different applications of people who expressed interest in being a part, and then we had a conversation on the phone, and, and, and some of the filmers, I mean, not that not that you're not amazing and you weren't you know on the top of the list, but there were some of the filmers were really good. But then we had this conversation, and um, you had just gotten married, mm-hmm. and you said something to me that I was like, "Dude, this is our guy." And do you remember you remember that conversation? I remember the conversation. I don't know what I said though. Okay, well, it was something to the context. You were like, "Man, I've I've been doing all this projects and all these work and all you know." I was, I'm a filmer and this is what I do for a living. And you're like, I've been praying with my wife about something that I can do to pour in and get Mm -hmm. back to the kingdom. Yeah, I remember that. And I was just like, dude, that's what we're praying for. We're praying for somebody who just like the parable that Jesus shares Mm -hmm. that God gives them a talent, you know, and your talent's so evident, you know, it's like you hold your talent, your camera, (laughs) you know, and um, you're like, I want to use my talent for the kingdom. And we're like, dude, we need to find someone who wants to use their talent for the kingdom. And immediately we were just like, Chris is our guy. And it didn't hurt the fact that you're a really good skateboarder. You knew how to film skating. You know, like some people were like, we had a lot of people who were like good surfers, but like the majority of the films were probably more skate focused. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, dude, it was just so cool to see how that all lined up. Yeah, that was one of those. Another one of those kind of like moments was you know, like I had that, like I was explaining in college. I for not the first time, but it was one of those times where I felt like God was like calling me mm-hmm. and it was like, it was so clear. And I was like, you just have that peace and you're like, wow, okay, cool. Um, and yeah, I remember that conversation and like it, we had a couple of kinks to work out, you know, with my schedule and stuff, but, but I, even I that, was praying about that. Even that was so crazy because we had even before you were like, all right, I'm all in on the project. We had already set the trips for the year. I yeah. think we had like seven or eight trips on the calendar that hadn't happened yet. And you looked at the trip schedule and you looked at your schedule and it was like six out of the seven worked out perfect. And for someone that's already yeah. got their schedule booked out, I mean, you're already booked out for this upcoming year, yeah, you know, it was so ironic that it just, it lined up. Yeah, um, it was very clear. Like, I, I was praying about that. I told Hannah about it. She was aware of it. And I, I remember, like, telling her, like, hey, I'm about to get on this call with this guy named Mark from Ride Nature. And she was like, <laughs> well, I hope it goes well. I'm like, yeah, the, you know, what we yeah, were kind yeah. of praying about. And I remember feeling really good after that. And, um, yeah, I just feeling like God was was really drawing me towards that. And after the schedule thing worked out, I was like, man, this this is it. Like, he wants me to do this. So... Dude, and, Chris, and, and Chris is, is man, you're a pretty low maintenance person, <laughs> which is honestly pretty rare in the creative world, I feel like, yeah. um, that on the first couple of trips was like little to no demands. You're like, I'll just sleep wherever. Um, and I feel like we just <laughs> drug you over the coals, <laughs> man, on the, on the mission trips because it's just like, dude, getting little to no food. Uh, yeah, just traveling a bunch not sleeping in good places well, that's good to hear i didn't know that i was that low maintenance <laughs> no man <laughs> low maintenance you've been uh you've been a great blessing through the whole project so uh, yeah. yeah um talk to me a little bit about the creative process chris because i know it's different for some projects like they're scripted you've got an idea of what you're going after i think the to the ends films is maybe less of an idea of what's going to happen you have some plan but it's obviously like you're there to capture whatever stories are there mm-hmm. 
Um, and then there's the technical aspects, right? There's shooting, there's editing, there's, you know, all the things that go into putting it together. Like, what do you like most? And then how do you approach a project as far as like from the creative process of how do I find the story and tell it in the most compelling, you know, way? Um, so I think you have to start somewhere like it, you can kind of craft a story out of almost anything. And that's, what's cool. I think storytelling is very, um, I don't know. There's just, there's so much, there's so much, so many stories to tell. It just depends on which one you want to tell. Um, but you kind of have to start somewhere like Mark really would just kind of tell me like, Hey, we kind of think this would be a good starting point. Cause I don't know any of these connections, you right. know, people that are in places like Peru or, you know, places like Colombia. but it'll be like, Hey, we, we kind of like this, like, let's try and use, use this story or, you know, this event that happened in the past. Um, and I'll, and I'll be like, okay, cool. So, um, a, a, a lot of it, a lot of it is kind of scripted, but it, you're right. Like a lot of it is you just go in there and like, you're just, you're running a gun in and you're shooting whatever's available with whatever natural light you have, because you know, like we we're rolling in with, you know, just a check bag and some a camera, you know, and clothes on your back pretty much. Um, so you kind of play it by ear, but uh, a lot of it is you just, I, I just use elements of film, you know, looking for a variety of different shots. And on top of that, like you're really trying to dig deep in the story. A lot of that is um, interviewing people mm -hmm. and, getting to know like what their heart is and like their background. And luckily, I mean, you're, you're saying I was a great storyteller, but it, it helps a lot when the stories are pretty compelling already. Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like guys like Craig, um, Tippy, um, and, uh, other people like the, the story in, in Costa Rica was really phenomenal and supernatural. Um, so that helps already. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just really trying to dig deep and, and find those, those pivotal moments in those people's lives yeah. that, that have, um, have a way to impact the minds of other people when they hear them. Yeah. You know, like there's like the stuff, the stuff that you hear in the, in those to the ends episodes are like just so out of the ordinary that like to any, any average person would be like, that is incredible, mm -hmm. you know? And then just playing around that and, and getting the appropriate amount of footage to like accompany that story and, yeah. and supplement it. Um, yeah, that's kind of the basic of it. What's your of it. What's your favorite part of the creative process? Because I think that's one of the things I see as I look at your at your pieces is like, you I mean you could just straightforward like you know show the the whatever, but like there's a creative process going on. So I don't know if you prefer like thinking about what it's going to be and then getting out there and shooting things. I don't know if you like to get in you know to the editor and just look at everything and kind of you know log through it. Like, mm -hmm. what do you enjoy most? I like to just create emotion. Like when I watch something, I, I watched tons of movies as a kid and I'd like to just feel things, you know, like, and I, I want to make the audience feel something. And I feel like if, if, as I'm creating it, as I'm shooting, as I'm editing, if, if I'm feeling something, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And other people will feel that too. So that's my favorite part is, is creating, um, emotion like, or, or maybe drawing emotion out of the audience yeah. that's going to watch it. That's probably my favorite thing about it. Um, so you're just looking to do that in different ways. And there's little subtle things about film that you, that people don't understand. They don't even realize when you're watching it. Yeah. Um, but then there's other things that, that they, they definitely notice, you know, when they, that golden rugged right. line, you know, that somebody drops and you're like, wow, that's, that's heavy yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, that's the, I think as far as like, um, media goes, film is definitely the emotional medium. Like it's the one that's going to make you feel more than, you know, a visual or even just the written word. Like you can put all those things together, the visuals, the sound, like you can, you can transport someone somewhere and make them feel something. That's, that's the perfect medium for that. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's yeah, a lot of fun. Um, what are you working on right now? What projects you got going on right now? What are you most looking forward to? 
Um, so, well, today I'm here with Mark. We're shooting some uh, some stuff for the Wake Church movement. Uh, we did something similar last year called the Skate Church movement, um, and uh, just stories about um, essentially what started as one Bible study that's now spread all over the world, um, and, and and a lot of the, a lot of the people who have been involved in that process. I think that's an awesome story, and it's it's um, it's it's cool. And then also we have Brazil that's in the works, and like mm-hmm. Mark said. I want that series to go forever. I think it's so cool. Like, yeah. there's no reason for it to stop at ten or eleven. Like, to the ends, dot 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 means that there's always more work to be done. It's, it's, it's to be continued. So, yeah. I think it's it should be an ongoing process. But um, I, I do have a lot of other you know other projects going on. Like, I, I have my own production company in, in Phoenix, and we do some projects with that. And then I shoot a ton of weddings. So there's a lot of storytelling in that, and that yep. keeps me real busy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but my my passion is is doing stuff um, that has eternal value. And it's mm-hmm. it's for the kingdom, and uh, it, that, that, that's it's just the most fulfilling yeah. work, you know. Yeah, so good. Um, and a lot of the guys that I know that shoot either you know photography or video like tend to be kind of gearheads to some degree. Like they're like, ah, well, I bought that camera two years ago, but it's time for this thing now, or whatever. <laughs> Which I it totally get. It never ends. Never like, ends. are you that way? A little gear? Yeah. yeah. I had to pull. I had to like. I had to slow down with that because <laughs> I was like. Every new camera, I was selling the the, yeah. the last camera that I had, and I was buying the new one. And like, and, and there is like there is per, like a reason to do that, sure. You know, like because you want to have a certain resolution, certain specs. Frame rate, yeah, you yeah. want to have that to a standard. But at some point, it's like, okay, what's the difference between eight K and six K? Yeah. You know, like, and I and I started to kind of actually kind of dial it in a little bit. It's like I need to, I, I want to focus a little more on like my lighting and even more on my storytelling because mm-hmm. that's what I like to do the most. Yeah. So at some point, like you got to just know, like you have a, the appropriate amount of gear, and yeah. but yeah, you can definitely chase the dragon for a long time with that. And I've spent Dude. more money than I care to admit on yeah. some gear. Yeah, you're like ah, business write off yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's the first thing I do is I go yeah. in my notes. I'm like, yeah, put the little yeah the, the bullet point. That's good. Put man. the dollar amount and yeah, yeah, spent too way too much money. Yeah, yeah. Dude, any um any memorable stories from filming on that series that uh. Bro, I I still tell this story all the time. That when we when we crossed the border. Oh yeah, in Costa this is Rica. a good one. Yeah. So, um, Mark, he's he's a great uh, coordinator. He's the he's the head of the whole thing. Great planner. Mm-hmm. But there are some things that kind of fall through the cracks, or you know, it's kind of up in the air, it, which is normal when you're traveling internationally. You never know exactly what's going to happen. But our plan was to go to Costa Rica and film some stuff for that episode, and then also go to Nicaragua and film. In a completely separate episode, um, they're drone, board, they're bordering countries. Yeah, we'll just drive right next to you. Yeah, yeah. it was an easy drive. But the drone restrictions are polar opposite in those oh, countries. Got it. So we didn't really have a plan for that. We were just like, let's just see. You know, like maybe they won't say anything or whatever. <laughs> I this is right in the middle. I think we were coming into Nicaragua. Yeah, in the middle of some heavy political protesting. Oh yeah, that there was, was like civil time. unrest yeah. at the time. There was yeah. a lot of turmoil in the country at that and, time, and that was part of the reason we wanted to come in through the coast of border because we were like, oh, we'll avoid Managua. Easier we'll avoid than getting in on the capital. capital. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, so um, we we get to the border, and uh, I think originally we were just like, let's just not say anything, right? <laughs> let's just see if they just do anything. Maybe their their equipment's not good enough; they won't even find it, whatever. Well, I was carrying what's called a Phantom 4 Pro at the time, which is a pretty beefy drone, comes in its own yeah. carrying case, and it says DJI Phantom 4 on the case. Right. And it, I didn't have it in any luggage. It's not going to pass off as something else. Yeah. And all it takes is for him to flip the latch and see that it's an, an entire drone. Yeah. So um, 
we uh, we put it on the conveyor belt, and this guy kind of comes up to us, remember? And he was like, "Is that a drone?" But he kind of did it quietly, and, and you were like, "No." I don't like, even know what he said. No, I, think I remember. He, uh, he, he goes, is that a drone? You're like, mm, I don't know, or something. You just didn't acknowledge that it was. You just didn't acknowledge it. We're, we're going to go with that one. We're going to go with that answer. And yeah. then, so it goes through, and then he's, it's clearly a drone. He's they like, have it on the drone. x-ray. And yeah. he comes up, he's like, it's a drone. You, you should have said it, it wasn't. I would have just let you through. We're like, crap, because like, everybody saw it. Now. Yeah. So like they take it to the back. You know, like We're at customs, so they take it like behind the wall or whatever. They pull me aside. And they're asking me questions about the drone and this, that, and the other. And the, the, the thing about the drone in Nicaragua, if you've seen the episode, it's a huge, like, there's a lot of footage that we needed to get with the drone. For sure. Like, the surfing stuff at the end, like, yeah. we were way too far off the shore. We couldn't really do it with a, with a you know, a handheld camera, so totally. we needed the drone. So, uh, we're, like, worried about losing the drone, you know, like. I think we had a lot of footage on it. Maybe you hadn't yeah. even dumped the card yeah. that was in it. Something so, everything like we had filmed oh, in Costa no. Rica, it we were was, like, it's all on the drone, too. It was really important that we had it. So, we are like, I was worried about losing it. Like, I could always buy another one, but, you know, I wanted to have it for that episode to get the footage. But So, they're asking me all these questions about the drone, and they're like, what are you doing here, blah, blah, blah. And this guy takes me across the compound to, like, this other, like, security area. And he's asking me questions the whole time. And I remember, like, he waited till like, there was nobody around. He's like, how much money you got? And I was like... I think you came back to us too. Uh, I think I, yeah, I came back a couple times, like back and forth across the compound, but I, I, I eventually was just like, I have this amount of money. Like he kept like trying to get more and more money, but yeah. I, I eventually was like, listen, this is all like the cash that I have. And I had a, a mixture of American money, Costa Rican money and Nicaragua money. And it was only like 125, maybe 150 bucks yeah. total, which is not much in the yeah. grand scheme of things. So yeah. I was just like, dude, I'll give you this. If you can give me the drone. And like he, he, Somehow, like, he went back and, like, it was super sketchy because, like, I was the only one back there. <laughs> and Mark and everybody else on the team was on the other side of the compound. And I'm, like, alone with this guy. I'm, like, are they going to, like, take everything? I Like, are they going like, to, yeah. like, strip me, like, right now? I don't know. I don't know what they were going to do. But um, so eventually I paid the guy and uh, he gave me the drone back and he gave me this slip of paper. And remember when we talked to Cesar For sure. later and he read it? He was, like, oh, this is fake. <laughs> This isn't it was even a, a real. Fake, it was a fake uh, permit, like yeah, permit. drone permit to bring a drone into the country. <laughs> yeah. Like he wrote it. It was like it was like literally for a um, like a newscast oh my station gosh. or something. Yeah. It was like yeah, oh this person gosh. is a professional videographer here to document Nicaragua, and yeah, this and is his permit to get into the country. And I, I still held on to that up, man. Thing, like, he whipped it. Dude, up. You should yeah. you should frame my that birth certificate. I was like, I have to have this just in oh, case someone yeah. like the police come or something. But he was Cesar just said he's like yeah. this this is not real. Yeah. But, but 150 bucks, well spent. Oh yeah. yeah, and we got Done. the drone in, and uh, and we got it out, and yeah. yeah, we got some really awesome footage with it that was really crucial to the story. Yeah, it was good. But it was just a funny experience. I was pretty nervous at the time, but I remember like remember when I crossed over the border, I just had this big smile on my face. I was Yo, like, I got it. If you guys we're could good. just see, we're standing there waiting for literally like an hour, having no idea what's happening with Chris. I mean, for all we knew, he was getting handcuffed and put into Nicaragua <laughs> yeah. jail. Yeah. And they're like, you know, for, seriously, I mean, he could have been supporting the militia, you know, fighting against <laughs> the government. And, and so we just finally were like, what do we do? What do we do? And, and he's on the other side of this barbed wire fence, you know, that's big. They ushered us out and all of a sudden he turns the corner and it was like a scene from a movie where he's like walking in slow motion with the case, with case. The case and just yeah. this, the biggest smile. smile you've ever <laughs> yeah. seen. And we just literally are like, yeah, and like hands yeah. thrown in the air, jumping up and down. And yeah. uh, oh, it was so funny. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's um, awesome. It was an epic moment, but that was just one of those things too. It was just like, God kind of like made that work. There's a for lot sure. of scenarios where that wouldn't have worked. Um, but uh, you know, like we were there for one reason and, 
Dude, it was so good. Just there, a God thing. There yeah. was one. There was one question that I really wanted to touch on because I feel like through Right Nature and through the Pursuit Collective, we do. I mean, part of the target audience is artists, you know. So we do draw people in who are creatives. But one, I think, one of the hardest things to do is to give up a talent that God has given you when it means it's such a sacrifice that you could be making money elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and and not that you don't deserve to get paid by right nature or for even being on this podcast, you know, but you've you've done both out of the goodness of your heart, out of your own generosity. And um, we're grateful, but it's, it's, you know, obviously you could be filming other jobs and, and being here or being in Nicaragua on that film trip meant that you couldn't be filming somewhere else. And I think about this idea a lot that, that it is a sacrifice to sow into the kingdom. And do you, do you find peace in that season of being away, knowing you could be making money or do you still sometimes struggle with this idea of like, dude, I'm doing this for free. Like, or do you have to continue to remind yourself this is for the kingdom. Mm. My rewards are not here, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. It de- it depends. I think it's 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 a little bit of both mm-hmm. because there is that that part of you like the flesh that's like gotta make money, gotta do this, gotta do that. Mm-hmm. You but have it, to live, you right? Have, you have to support your family. And at the end of the end of the day, it's all temporal. You mm-hmm. know, like you could you could I could have not gone on these trips and made what you know a little extra money. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the difference? You know, like the totally. margin really isn't that much greater than what it. You know, you know. I just I look at it like, like I said before, like. The, there's the 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 eternal value of mm-hmm. doing that like is what reminds me to like keep going and for sure and just just keep grinding like even when i'm tired you know me i can be kind of a baby when i'm tired I remember la i was just like i need my sleep i'm a dad but um <laughs> i'm not actually a dad i'm just i just got myself that but um yeah like there there's definitely a level of um kind of having to kick yourself in the butt and be like listen this isn't for you mm-hmm. for sure like this is this is for something greater mm-hmm. and i and i do have joy and peace in that and I, and honestly i would say a majority of the time I had that piece that you were talking about on these trips. I'm like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. This totally. the phone call that me and you had when I was in uh, the living room of my mm-hmm. thousand square foot condo in Phoenix. I was like, this is that's what led to this. Totally, yeah. you know, and like I need to to remember that. Like, this is what I prayed for. Mm-hmm. You can't like get what you pray for and then for be bummed sure. on it. Totally, like, <laughs> well, that think, would be weird. And you know, I think you know, just the thought is that everybody in the world has the same amount of time. You know, and and when you donate your talents for you, it comes with time. Like you can't just give your gift of filming away. You have to give your time away, mm-hmm. and it is hard. It's hard to sacrifice, and I think that's why you see so many people who are like, "I'd rather just give money away," because money, you know, fluctuates based off the person. It's it's the easiest thing to give away. Time is so hard, man, and it's like we see that if anyone's listening to this and you see homeless people around you, it's like so many people. I think you know will give a homeless person money. Mm-hmm. rather than their time to mm-hmm. take them to go get food or spend time with them or hear their story because it, time is hard to give dude mm-hmm. like it's just it's a sacrifice and and i really do believe that the lord is going to reward you for that sacrifice you know i think that um and at the end of the day he already is rewarding you because mm-hmm. you get to to sit in the presence of uh or in the center of his will and know that dude i'm being obedient to what god's calling me to and the reward might just be the peace of knowing like dude i'm yeah. doing what i'm supposed to do yeah and that's enough totally yeah. and everything we do really is a response anyway what mm-hmm. we've already been given so it's almost like i mean we don't earn what christ has done for us but we certainly have opportunities to respond and so for when sure. god puts it on the table in front of us in such tangible ways like he has for you chris and you step into it it's like man that is such a 
cool and beautiful totally thing. yeah it's amazing yeah. and i think um you know my hope and prayer for any listener on here that's a photographer a filmer a creative a graphic designer web developer is that dude doesn't have to be with the pursuit collective right nature but is dude god has given you such incredible gifts that are needed not needed but are um maybe in some way are needed within the christian world um that that our hope and prayer is that the pursuit collective can kind of raise the bar of the creative level of excellence you know for some mm-hmm. things within the christian world and um and that other people start to say you know what i'm listening to this podcast and i'm a photographer i'm a filmer i'm a graphic designer dude i want to use my gifts and talents to sow back in the kingdom so whether it's through my local church a mission agency mm. um you know our hope is that your story will inspire people yeah. and that's one of the, the the desires that we have for this podcast and I hope it will. Yeah, and I th- I think you're I think that it will, and I think the mindset that you have to have for that to happen, like as far as like people who are listening to this, is like um, if you're doing something for the kingdom, like do it like a hundred percent for like, sure. Well, yeah. the, you know, maybe maybe you're working for a nonprofit, and maybe the budget isn't there, and like mm-hmm. the quality might you know be different than what you would want or whatever, but still give it like a hundred percent because mm-hmm. you're doing it for the kingdom. Like don't cut any corners. Like mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's easy to like think about it like, oh, I'm doing this for free. I'm not going to try that hard or like, um, and that can be anything, you know, like even stuff for like your church or something like, oh, it's just for church, you know, but you should like put really your all into it and and make it something that's, that's valuable and something that, that God would be, you know, proud of. And and you'd be proud of yourself for doing it, you know, um, to the best of your ability. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Exactly. And I, I think, uh, the church used to lead the way in creativity, you know, for centuries. And I think. We've lost a lot of that. I think this generation actually is recapturing a lot of that, which I'm pretty psyched on. But if you are creative and you love the Lord, like ask ask the Lord, like how do you want to use my gifts? And I'm not trying to divorce like a Christian world and a secular world work because I honestly think you can produce a TV commercial to sell whatever and it honor the Lord. For the glory of God. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. All things. But there is unique privilege, unique privilege to do specifically kingdom-oriented, gospel-centered disciple making work like there is unique privilege in that and i think that's what that to the ends work is and and uh, you do it really well man Mm -hmm. thank you like what would you say to anybody who wants to figure out how they can use their gifts you know for the kingdom like how do they how do they seek that out how do they find that um well if, if you're saved and you're and you're looking for something uh you're looking for like your path your career path i would say for sure pray about it because i mean i i prayed for for that for me and um, and it worked like I'm sitting here today, mm-hmm. like, and I, and I have a career. I didn't like 10 years ago. I had no idea like yeah. what I wanted to do. And, and now I'm very, um, comfortable where I'm at and I, I know what I'm doing and I, I make a good living. And, um, and on top of that, I get to use my skills for the kingdom. So I would just say pray and, yep. and it'll come in time. Um, if you're earnestly seeking and wherever that, you know, leads then jump on it. Yeah, that's good. Dude, Chris, we just want to thank you so much for being a part of this podcast, man. And if if any listener wants to find out who you are, if they want to hire you on to come film, what's the best way that they can reach out to you? Um, so if you go to historiafilms.com, I-S-T-O-R-I-A films.com, that's my production company. Um, that's where we do a lot of our high-end work. And we actually have a couple of the Ride Nature projects on there. Um, that's that's where all my, my stuff is. And that's how you can reach out to me. Okay, historiafilms.com. If you want to see any of the projects that Chris has done with Right Nature, with the Pursuit Collective, um, to the endsfilm.com, that would be one with the 11-part film series. Skate Church Movement, that was a project we did last year. Um, you did all the mm-hmm. all the video work within that. 
wakechurchmovement.com is a project we're working on now. It'll launch in the next few months, but the the website will be live, wakechurchmovement.com. Man, it's been a blessing having you here. It's a blessing Mm, getting to work with you. Thank you so much for using your talents to sow into the kingdom. We thank you that uh, you've chosen Right Nature to be one of the ministries that you are supporting by doing that. I'm grateful you guys chose me to work with you. You guys are a huge blessing in my life, too. I love all you guys. It's awesome. It's great. Thanks, Chris. For everyone listening, just as a final challenge, as always, we want to encourage you to trade in the endless pursuits for one that leads to life and hope found only in Jesus. This is the Pursuit Collective. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.